Hi there, I'm Janet Quinlan, and this is Finding Joy in Motherhood, the podcast for women who are looking for practical tools and words of encouragement to create an orderly, joyful, faith and virtue-driven home. I'll share tips to create mindset shifts that change the way you discipline your children, love your husband, and enjoy your day. This podcast is about coaching women to be the best woman God is calling her to be. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and welcome to episode number 149, Falling in Love During the Holidays. Well, as a Catholic life coach, one of the questions I am asked often is, how do I make sure my children will grow up practicing the faith? Well, there's good news and there's bad news. So let me get the bad news out first and just tell you, maybe remind you, that when your children are adults, and I define that as living outside the home on their own, you have no control over their actions. You have no control over their thoughts, their beliefs, their desires, their decisions, nor their actions. You can't control what they wear or how they wear it. You can't control whether they begin to smoke or drink or what they smoke or drink. You can't control how they make decisions and what they ultimately choose to value in life. But here's the good news. The good news is that you have at least 18 years, and I would suggest more like 22 years, 25 years of formation, teaching them right from wrong, teaching them moral from immoral, teaching them about God the Father and his infinite love for us in creating us and helping them discover God's purpose for their lives. You can teach them about God the Son and his direct words of how to live and love and ultimately how to have faith in God the Father and his divine will. And you can teach them about God the Holy Spirit, the grace and the love to know Jesus and the Father. You can teach them everything, and we often want to just get the facts. What do I teach my children? Well, we certainly have the Catechism and the Holy Bible to teach our children, and we can fill our children's minds with all sorts of facts about our faith. But the secret to having children be more inclined to live their faith as adults is that we teach them to love. And facts don't create love. When we first met our husband, we probably talked a lot and shared information, facts, about ourselves to each other. But the facts didn't make me fall in love with Michael. Time together and experiences of connection made me fall in love with Michael. So I'd like to propose that the next two months of November and December and early January are filled with holidays, feast days, holy days, and are all an excellent opportunity to fall in love. We have so many opportunities in the next couple of months to celebrate, pray, and fall in love with our faith, with God and his gifts to us. So let yourself get out of your head and into your emotions as you live through Advent and the Christmas season? What kind of growth do you want for yourself? And what kind of growth do you want for your family and your children? 
How can you use the next couple of months, really, to fall in love with your faith in God and His loving will for you? Fall in love with His gift of His Son and all the ways the Church supports your journey. And give your children the opportunity to fall in love, too. Again, we can read the truths of the faith and we can speak them, but experiencing them is so much more powerful. We teach our children what is important to us by making the effort to spend time experiencing all that the church offers us. If it isn't important to us, our children will not learn to make it important to them. So here is a very easy way to do it. I think, like I said, the next couple of months are like prime real estate for teaching children to love their faith and for deepening our own faith. Use the liturgical calendar as a guide. It's just right out for you. Plan special traditions related to the liturgical calendar. The second thing is keep Santa where he belongs. Now we'll talk about that when we get into Christmas. So the Sunday before Thanksgiving, we have Christ the King. Make a king's cake. Do you know what that is? You take a bunt pan, just make any kind of cake mix, put it in the bunt pan, bake it, flip it out of the pan when it's cool, let it completely cool, and then let the children, depending on how old they are, work with you or do it on their own to frost it and decorate it with jewels like M&Ms and special candies. Have one half of that a celebration of Feast of Christ the King, freeze the other half, and bring it out on the third Sunday of Advent, which is Gaudete Sunday. Joyful, like we're almost there. Then we go into Thanksgiving Day. And Thanksgiving Day doesn't have to be about turkeys or football. You can give it real meaning in thanking God for his gifts. And then you can also watch a football game. But really bringing it back to your relationship with God. Helping your children develop a relationship of thanksgiving with God. So the next Sunday after Thanksgiving is the beginning of Advent. And if you're not in the habit of having an Advent wreath in your home, this would be a great year to begin the habit. Go to a Catholic supply store, some kind of uh, Catholic gift shop in your area, and just get a simple little ring with three purple candles and a pink candle. Maybe you want to put some artificial greenery around it and light it during dinner, or maybe light it during your family evening prayers. And if you don't have family evening prayers, Advent is a great time to begin. The way we did family evening prayers was, I think I've mentioned this in a previous podcast, we would say God bless and we would go through everyone in our immediate family. Then we would include uh, grandparents. Then we prayed for the priests of the parish, our bishops, and our pope. And we asked for God to bless them all as they guided us in our faith. And we remembered other people that we knew had special intentions. So that's just a great way. It takes about five minutes. Light the candle. It's a special time. The children love the flame. And make sure that you have clear expectations of who gets to blow out the candle so that only one person does and it doesn't become an argument. All right. But the kids love it. And they will remember that it's something different that they did during Advent. 
point out the change of colors in church to the children. Advent is a penitential time, and so we see violet banners and violet priests' vestments. Then we come into St. Nicholas Day on December 6th. Do you do stockings? We didn't in my family growing up, but Michael and I got engaged on St. Nicholas Day, and so we decided we were going to celebrate St. Nicholas Day every year. My mother made beautiful stockings, and each year we would put in a new ornament. I usually had a theme for each year so that when they left the house as adults, they had a whole set of ornaments for their tree in their home. Keep it simple, and if you have small children, read them the story about St. Nicholas. And read stories about the saints on a regular basis. The saints are our family. It helps the children bond with their faith through the story of distant relatives. Then on December 8th, we have Feast of the Immaculate Conception. Maybe we have a special pilgrimage or we do a rosary together as a family all go to Mass together as a family. Then we have Our Lady of Guadalupe. We have St. Lucy Day. Remember, we have an opportunity to bring back, sort of grab back what this season is all about. And it's not about shopping. It's not about baking. It's not about Santa. It's about our faith. De-emphasize. What do you want for Christmas? Clearly articulate for the children why they get gifts, whose birthday it is that they are celebrating, and keep Santa where he belongs. If you want to have Santa in your house, and we did, we had St. Nicholas. We, we told the children that really Santa Claus is a different way of saying St. Nicholas. And actually, that's true. <laughs> Santa Claus was just the secularized version of St. Nicholas. And so we talked to the children about St. Nicholas, and he brought gifts on Christmas Eve. And then on Christmas Day, the gifts were from us, and the children knew it. They knew that they got gifts because we were all so joyful that Jesus blessed us with the material means with which to buy the gifts, and that we were celebrating his birthday. And because he's so generous, he wants everyone to have gifts. That's how we presented it to the children. We never felt like the children were greedy in what they wanted. In fact, we found that with this take, where they only got a few gifts, they found it hard to figure out what they actually wanted. They really didn't want anything. They wanted the experience of Christmas, of Christmas Day, where we all kind of um, went to Mass, and then we came home and opened the gifts then. And then we just were together as a family. We played games together as a family. It was just so relaxed. We had a good meal, and everything was just relaxed. Then we can move on to celebrating the Feast of the Holy Family, Now, as the mother of adult children, I love the Feast of the Holy Family particularly because in our family, I've told all my children who are married that I love you, but you have your Christmas at your house because I want them to have the ability to start creating their own traditions. 
I don't want a tradition in their family to be going from one grandma to the next. So we have made a decision early on when people started getting married that our large extended family, which means all of our children, their spouses and their children, and the adult children of ours who are not married, we would celebrate Christmas on the Feast of the Holy Family. I love celebrating on Feast of the Holy Family because that means on Christmas Day, I can relax and I can really celebrate Christmas in my heart and in a relaxed way. I don't have to prepare a meal for 28, 29 people. I get to experience Christmas rather than working like a dog to entertain everyone. And then I have that time between Christmas and Feast of the Holy Family where I can prepare whatever we're going to have for our feast day on Holy Family. And that's where we do have St. Nicholas come now for the small children and he brings a gift for them so they know they're going to get something from St. Nicholas on Feast of the Holy Family. And I love it. And actually it extends Christmas for them as well. Now, with regards to the season of Christmas. It's not just one day. It goes all the way until baptism of the Lord. This year is a little different because Christmas Day is actually on a Sunday. So um, Feast of the Holy Family has changed. Um, Feast of the Epiphany has changed. They've just moved them to different days because there's just not a lot of time in between that we can celebrate them. So they're there on the calendar Um, but we keep our lights up through baptism of the Lord. And that means after January 1st, teach your children it's not just New Year's Day. Actually, it's the day that we celebrate Mary as mother of God. And how much more important that is than another number. Continue to keep those lights and decorations up through the epiphany and Maybe some people exchange little gifts to remind them of the three wise men. Tell them the story. Read it from the Bible. Talk about the love those wise, wealthy men must have had to make such a journey to see the Savior. Help your children use their imagination to put themselves within the scene. If they were a little shepherd boy watching all of this, what would they think? What would they think if camels and this entourage of wealthy, wealthy men bringing gifts to this little baby in a cave, basically? What do they think about that? Have conversations about that. It's true that we can't love what we don't know. So it is important to be your child's first teacher in the faith. But remember that experiences can be the greatest teacher and the source of a true bonded love to a life of faith. And I pray that this holiday, holy day season is a season where you also take that journey of deepening your faith through the experiences that the church is giving to you so that you can grow in love and you can bring your family along with you. Okay, just a reminder that enrollment for my monthly coaching program, Reimagine Motherhood, will be opening Thanksgiving Day. So if you aren't on the wait list for new enrollment, 
Make sure to get on it so you receive all the information when it opens. You can go to janetquinlan.com forward slash waitlist. Have a great week, everyone. Take care. Do you have a life coach who helps you be the woman you want to be? The woman God has called you to be? Who helps you sort through your marriage or parenting difficulties and helps you create the mindset you need to embrace your vocation with joy and gratitude? If you're looking for a coach, I would be so honored to help you. Email me at janet at findingjoyinmotherhood.com.